You're listening to The Real Short Box, a comic book podcast made for geeks by geeks. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us here at The Real Short Box. My name is Donald, and I am here with very special guest, Remington Kais. Remington uh, is an amazing author. Uh, he's produced some stuff. Uh, he's uh, a writer. He's a podcaster. So thank you for being here, Rem. We, we really appreciate it. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. I love working with you. I love your show. I uh, love being here. So, oh, Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, we met years ago through a mutual friend uh pretty much online and uh just kind of took it from there it was uh I, I love social media for that reason um there's a lot of negatives sure about social media but uh then there's relationships that you can build with strangers across the globe and uh become friends with them so i appreciate you as well and uh welcome again and today we are going to be talking about uh the downfall of Saturday morning cartoons. Ooh. <laughs> so this is the prelude to, I guess, uh, uh, Halloween time when we talk about uh, really scary things. And for me as a kid, one of the scariest things was to turn on the TV and see that there was no Saturday morning cartoons. I don't know about you, Remington, but it was it was pretty tragic for me when I first realized that that uh, was no longer happening. Well, yeah, it was it was a, it, it took away something that I had been with all my, almost all my life. And mm -hmm. it happened like right when I was, you know, in high school. So it's like it's something I've been doing all my life and just disappeared, you know? Yeah. Just gone. They just took it right away from you. Now, when, when you're talking about Saturday morning cartoons, the, the, the general uh, consensus is that Saturday morning cartoons kind of started in the fifties. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, it was a ritual for children to sit down on Saturday mornings. Their parents uh, did not want to deal with their kids uh, because they've had them to deal with them all week. They were like, let's set them down in front of the TV, the onset of television, and let's have them watch cartoons on Saturday mornings while we do our chores or we sit around and talk and hang out with our, you know, with our significant other or with our friends or whatever like that. And the kids would sit in front of the television. Um, that happened in the 1950s uh, with Crusader Rabbit, and then not long after that with Rocky and Bullwinkle, which was also a creator, uh, a creation of um, Crusader Rabbit's producer, which was Jay Ward. Uh, so that's kind of how Saturday morning cartoons got started. You, you started seeing more and more cartoons like that. And it's weird to even think that Rocky and Bullwinkle came out in the 50s and it's still right. relevant today a lot of people know who rocky and bullwinkle are to this very moment that's almost 75 years and they're still doing reboots of it yeah and they did a movie they did they've done multiple reboots so if you think about it one of the most lasting things in in the history like probably when when the earth like expires when we all melt or whatever and everything <laughs> catches fire um when they finally open these uh, these time capsules or the uh, you know the programs that we've launched into space and stuff, there we're going to be remembered for our cartoons. That's, that's just that's just the way I feel. Um, as far as the older cartoons are concerned, you know we're talking 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, do you have any favorites uh, yourself? Anything that you can think of? 
for Saturday morning cartoons, I like to think of like stuff like Hanna Barbera. You know, mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. the Super Friends, which I was really big into. Uh, Scooby Doo, um, you know, stuff like that. A uh, Yogi Bear, you know. Uh, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed Underdog and George of the Jungle. Uh, you know, Josie and the Pussycats. That's Je- Dudley Do Right stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember I love- all that. Um, especially Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo was was uh like a, a seminal piece of my childhood. Like I loved Scooby Doo. I think that's what actually got me into mysteries, into murder mysteries and stuff as I got older. Agatha Christie style stuff. And then just murder mysteries in general. And I think it was last year. Last year was a really good year for murder mysteries. Uh, Glass Onion came out. There was another Perot, uh, Agatha Christie. I think it was Death on the Nile came out. And there was a few others, uh, See How They Run. And then I think mm-hmm. there was one or two other uh, murder mysteries that came out. So it was actually a really, 2022 was a really good year for a revival on murder mysteries. And it continues on a little bit into this year as well, which is well. It's funny exciting. that you say that. I always, I anytime I see a scream movie, I go, "Man, this would be perfect for a script for a Scooby Doo movie." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those rotten kids, uh, which right. uh, is kind of how it works, or, or it was. It's it's interesting with Scream because Scream as it it's kind of aged itself out, and then they had to reboot it in order to inject it with some more youth again. So they continuously do that um, to make the franchise fresh. And I think that they've been relatively successful with that. Although, spoiler alert, killing Dewey was a mistake. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Big mistake, big mistake. But uh, anyway, I digress on that. So we, we've got the the onset of Saturday morning cartoons, and then we have the heyday, you know, the 60s, the 70s, even up to the 80s. The 80s, was significantly uh, special, and that's because uh, television stations, networks realized that they could uh, monetize this stuff. They could create, instead of just creating cartoons to get content for the airwaves, uh, the production companies behind it could partner with toy companies and use that to sell product. You would have well, even uh, before even before then, the seventies was full of uh ripoffs of sitcoms. There are kid versions of the sitcoms that the parents are watching. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that was kind of the start of it transitioning yeah. into the toy era. I think you're right, because with uh with like for example, the honeymooners, they came out with uh the Flintstones. And interestingly enough, the Flintstones were not a Saturday morning cartoon originally. Um, They were a primetime cartoon, and they even advertised cigarettes. Oh, yeah. You can look up on YouTube. You can look up uh, Fred and and Barney smoking cigarettes outside, talking about how great these cigarettes are. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) You can watch these commercials, these little snippets of these cartoons on YouTube about it. Just Google uh, on YouTube or just look up on YouTube Fred and Barney or the Flintstone smoke or something like that. Flintstone cigarettes. And you'll see that. It's kind of nuts. It's crazy. The brand that they smoke is still around to this day because I, I work at Pride Station and like anytime I hear Winston cigarettes, I'm like, oh, that's the one Fred Flintstone smokes. Yeah. 
Yeah, or what was that? There's another one called American. It's called uh, American Spirit, I think was the name of it, or something like that. A lot of people smoke that, and a lot of people smoke the unfiltered version, which is nuts to me, but, you know, uh, to each his own. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to judge people. As long as they're not blowing in my face, I'm cool, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, So we have... We have the onset of cartoons. We have the 70s. You know, we had, you know, like you said, we had uh, uh, we had uh, the uh, Scooby-Doo. We had Josie and the Pussycats. Um, oh, well, Siegfried but more importantly, the with the 70s, they, they have the stuff that was like where you're going into with the 80s. They had stuff like the Dukes of Hazard cartoon, Mork and Mindy, Happy Days, Partridge Family, Gilligan's Island, Star Trek on the animated series, Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. All those are based off these adult properties. Uh, Planet of the Apes had a cartoon. Lassie had a cartoon. Even Godzilla had a seventies cartoon. Yeah, you know. And then, and then they weirdly enough, like some of these properties, like Planet of the Apes. Who would have thought, uh, in my mind, that that would like get an animated series, a cartoon? And and then they they go ahead and they do it with RoboCop, which blew my yeah. mind. You know, in the eighties, I was like, oh my god, RoboCop has an animated series okay you know uh, all right what, what, let's just go with it uh and then you had the ghostbusters and then you had the real ghostbusters um super friends uh we had another uh uh kind of a prime time cartoon the jetsons oh, that yeah. uh that would air i believe it would air after the flintstones um so we would have all these of the pink panther show uh came out which was really confusing to me because the original, the the television, you know, the movie, the in the film world, you had the Pink Panther, and then the cartoon was about the actual Pink Panther, not the diamond, but the Panther, the Pink Panther himself. Yeah. So that's when I and I'd never seen the movie, so I went back and I watched the movies, thinking that this Pink Panther would appear, and he never did, what? and I was so disappointed. I remember like being I was a teenager and I was so disappointed watching it and going, where the hell's the panther? Where's the pink panther at? And they're like, oh, this is a this is a, you know, a a. a about a, a, a jewel that's that's been stolen or something. And I was like, oh, oh OK, you know, <laughs> let's uh, let's just go with that. All right. <laughs> you yeah, know? I was disappointed in the same way. Yeah. Kind of threw me off. It really did, to be honest. Um, but uh, so we look at all these great cartoons that we had, right, and and everything that was continuously coming out. And then we get in, you know, to um, to like I was saying, the '80s, and they start talking about how, um, you know, they can market these into toys. GI Joe specifically, GI Joe has been going for forever. Like oh, I think yeah. the '50s or '60s, GI Joe um, has been going on and they had the large dolls and then they they made them smaller for the 80s and then they they were brought back and they were huge again and then they came out with the transformers and then the thundercats transformers were cars that were turned into into robots and then they had they had gobots um they had uh battle beasts they had there were so many things in the 80s they were just throwing everything against the wall to see what would stick and see what they could sell and they sold a ton and they sold so much and everything became such a plug to buy the product that parents started to become concerned and they started to raise questions and then the government took action and they said okay 
we need an oversight committee on these cartoons to see what's going on. And so they decided then that every cartoon couldn't just advertise something. There had to be a lesson. A child had to learn a lesson. So what they did in the 80s is they said, okay, let's look at this cartoon, G.I. Joe, for example. Now, you remember, uh, you know, um, I, I, maybe you don't, but there's this infamous one in my head where these kids are playing basketball and the one's like, I need some energy. And he goes and grabs a candy bar. And mm. one of the G.I. Joes walks up to him. And he's like, hey, kid, you know, that candy bar will give you a short burst of energy. But if you want a longer sustained burst of energy, you should have something more healthy like this apple. Mm -hmm. And the kid's like, oh, thanks, Beachhead or whoever it was. And and then the, the, the Joe tossed him the apple and the kid, you know, threw the candy bar away and ate the apple. And then it'd be and like, then, the more you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Go Joe, you know? Yeah. So, um, that, that one always cracked me up. They had it with the Thundercats. They had it with, uh, Transformers that a lot of them did this lesson thing at the end. They capped it at the end. When I was a kid, I would just shut it off. <laughs> just go to the next cartoon. I'd be like, I don't care about this apple. I want a candy bar. I'm eating my cereal, uh, that's filled with sugar based uh. off of a cartoon. And so it continued like that. And then uh, the turtles hit in, in 86, 87. Mm -hmm. And the turtles were a, a huge revelation. Like it was like it was mass hysteria. It was like the Beatles were for music. The Ninja Turtles were for Saturday morning cartoons. They were everywhere. Ironically, I didn't get into the Ninja Turtles on Saturday morning. I got it through uh, Burger King Kids Meal. <laughs> yeah yeah burger king would ha would have stuff uh i think mcdonald's eventually got it but yeah burger king was one of the earlier ones to to latch on to turtle mania so to speak I, they um, used to give out the vhs's for happy meals yes yeah and uh then the x-men in the 90s the animated series followed suit with that and mm -hmm. you could get a personal pan pizza from pizza hut and it would come with a vhs tape with the first cartoon on it it came with a mini comic and a trading card. I remember that very clearly yeah. um, because I would say that I read books that I didn't read in order to get a stamp on my card so I could go into Pizza Hut then and get a free personal pan pizza with the X-Men stuff on it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was a little sneaky. I was a sneaky little shit. <laughs> um, you know, I, I ended up reading probably most of what I said I read, but there's probably still a few out there that I that I never finished. And it's whatever. You know, I got my pizza. <laughs> um so we move on we, we've got the turtles uh we start getting like um the tick comes in um batman the animated series comes on the in the afternoons so we have batman we have darkwing duck in the afternoons ducktales in the afternoons. so we're getting a nice balance of morning cartoons and afternoon but 1992 now, is a very was, critical year i was just about to say was this was uh when saved by the bell came and destroyed just sort of for NBC. Pretty close. Yeah. Like in 19, uh, Save by the Bell was around in the eighties and it's, it'd been around for a while, but those type of teenage shows, um, production was usually pretty cheap and, um, they could cap it with a lesson at the end or even just put the lesson within the episode because they weren't in this case, in this instance, they weren't selling products so much, um, as they were selling a, uh, a style. 
you know, they were style, selling the style of the shows. And this was Aaron Spelling's type stuff um, that he was going through that, you know, uh, Beverly Hills 90210 would come eventually and then Melrose Place and so on and so forth. And and then we would get Charmed and and Seventh Heaven and all this stuff, you know, so that, that basically Saved by the Bell kind of started all of that. Yeah. Um, so NBC saw the profitability of these types of shows. And in 1992, they abandoned their original Saturday morning cartoon lineup and they replaced it with Saturday morning edition of today. Uh, they added in live action teen oriented block uh, with the Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, other teen you know, sitcoms and stuff. So they had proved that that's more successful for them. So they at that point had cut cartoons. ABC soon followed uh, suit. Uh, CBS would follow the this the the stalwarts, the ones that stayed the longest was Fox because Fox said, let's have Fox Kids. Fox Kids is the place for cartoons. Fox Kids is the place for children. Fox Kids is the place for Saturday mornings. So they continued on well into the 90s. Uh, Fox Kids. And that's when we got the X-Men. That's when we got the Tick. That's when uh, that's when Batman animated series was going strong. You know, these types of things. Uh, you would get all of these shows on Fox Kids. CBS did try to pivot and they had a, a, a lineup on Sunday mornings. Then they started doing Sunday mornings where you would have I shows. Sunday mornings. Yeah. yeah, you would have shows like uh, The Incredible Hulk, uh, Wildcats, um, things Magic like School that. Magic School Bus. Yeah, Magic School Bus, stuff like that that they would have, and they would show to people um, uh, on Sunday mornings. So Sunday mornings became kind of a weird hodgepodge of cartoons that you, you know, didn't necessarily you, know you wanted. You know what show I used to watch on Sunday mornings? And What's you're that? Laugh at this. It was a Power Rangers ripoff called Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. That was a Sunday <laughs> Sunday morning uh, show. I have never heard of that in my entire life, dude. Oh, it is like the cheapest ripoff of Power Rangers <laughs> you could ever find. We were getting there on Power Rangers, by the way, because that was a Fox Kids show. Yeah, Power Rangers became uh, what Ninja Turtles was. Where Ninja Turtles started to fade, Power Rangers stepped in and said, hold my beer. Basically, Power Rangers took over the airwaves for cartoons. Uh, you had at least a couple different Power Rangers shows on. Uh, you would have Power Rangers in the afternoon, Power Rangers in the morning. You would have Power Rangers pretty much almost seven days a week, if not seven days a week. You would get to see something with Power Rangers, just like you used to. In the 80s and 90s with Ninja Turtles. Primarily the 80s, I would say, with Ninja Turtles. And ironically, they both have 24-hour channels playing right now, currently. That's insane to me. Because there's so many Ninja Turtles and Power Ranger episodes. They both mm -hmm. have their own like t television channels that just airs 24 hours, Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And it was like, and then you start looking at, you know, you start thinking about it, it, Congress... In response to the steady pressure, like I was saying about parents, that what they enacted was the Children's Television Act. So that was a big thing that came in the 90s that started to affect even more so cartoons. And it became harder for them to monetize and, and create product and money. And uh, so the government was making it harder on them. And then you look at, uh, you know, as the 90s developed and became, you know, into the mid to late 90s, we had personal computers. We're becoming uh, more available in households. 
Uh, you had the internet was uh, something that people were starting to be able to get and to share and to use. Uh, they were all you know able to access things online. Uh, we had VCRs, we had DVD players that were coming out in the late, late 90s. So technology was growing and ways to get entertainment was growing. Cable expanded. Cartoon Network became a home for people to watch cartoons. So if you had cable, why did you care about Saturday morning cartoons when you could turn on the Cartoon Network and you could get cartoons 24-7? And so, this, is, this is where I started writing notes about mm -hmm. the downfall of Saturday mornings. Uh, and I wrote down into five categories. Okay. So I got C I got CBS. Mm -hmm. I got ABC, which was the second. So CBS was the first one in the 2000s to, to, for the downfall. And I'll say what killed them was the Nickelodeon programming. They used to play Nickelodeon on CBS, but then mm -hmm. then everybody started getting cable, and then they had the no need to go to CBS to watch Nickelodeon on Saturday mornings. And because there was a lack of original content there, I think that's what killed CBS doing Saturday mornings again. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Because they were competing with ABC, Kids WB, and Fox Kids. And Kids WB was rocking in the 2000s with cartoons. They had Static Shock, Jackie Chan, Scooby-Doo, Pokemon. And Pokemon really saved Saturday mornings in the 2000s from, from dying, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of uh, brought it back a little bit. It was like very popular. For my brother and me watching it, and, and uh, they've they've talked about the Jackie Chan cartoon too, and how actually good it was, and how layered the stories were. Um, and, and that if you missed the boat on that, you should go back and watch the Jackie Chan cartoon. It's one of those celebrity cartoons that weren't a joke. Yeah, you know, like a lot of the celebrity cartoons were like kind of like you know formulaic and stuff. When this was like a real cool action cartoon with real Chinese lore and like it felt like cartoon versions of Jackie Chan movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, and then ABC, what ABC was doing was putting, they had power Rangers. So they did power Rangers in anime. Uh, like, uh, I don't know if you remember the monkey squad or super hyper Monkey Squad 5 or whatever. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember it, that at all. It was like a it was like a Power Rangers kind of cartoon ripoff, but with monkeys. They'd air that with Power Rangers, and then they would put <laughs> Disney Channel content after. So like people who didn't have cable could watch Disney Channel on Saturday mornings after Power Rangers and this monkey anime, you know? And they had Digimon. Digimon, I remember. And I, I also remember, I remember Big Bad Beetleborgs, I think was one of them. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of Power Ranger knockoffs that came out. You know, when, when you're at the top of your game, people want to emulate your success. So you started seeing a lot of, of Power Ranger knockoffs and, and they started coming out fast and furious. I mean, there was a lot of them. And I think Disney bought Doug, too, to put on Saturday mornings. 
And what killed them is what killed CBS is eventually they stopped putting brand new programming and mm-hmm. the only new programming was Power Rangers. Yeah. And people just got sick of that, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, also your fan base aged, you know, yeah. and, and as a fan base ages, they tend to lose interest in things. And that's not necessarily for life. You know, there's that sentimentality that comes back around, but that takes a long time for sentimentality to kick back in. That's why we're getting a resurgence of Power Rangers now, because men and women that were that are now in their, you know, in their late 20s, uh, early 30s, um, early to mid 30s that were fans of Power Rangers when they were younger are now starting to look back on it with with this sentimentality Absolutely. and wanting to revisit it and wanting to collect figures based upon their childhood and stuff. And uh with the the passing of Jason David Frank too oh, um, created awful. a yeah, and it created a lot more sentimentality within the Power Ranger world. Um, and for those that that don't know, um, I actually did do an interview uh, last year at Los Angeles Comic Con uh, where I interviewed Allison Kipperman, um, the uh, Yellow Ranger from uh, Power Ranger Wild Force. Uh, so uh, that is available on our YouTube channel um, at uh Rumble Spoon Productions. You can go there and you can check out uh, that interview. It's about a, a 15, 10 to 15 minute interview. So it's pretty quick uh, where it's just me and Allison and we're talking about her career, her successes, uh, her future and things like that. So it was a really interesting uh, interview that I got to do with one of the Power Rangers uh, that was around in that time, you know, that was uh, that was acting in the, you know, in those shows. So that's a really good one if you guys get a chance to check that one out. And then, so we'll go back to Kids WB because after uh, ABC did the, uh, I think they, they lasted until 2011 for Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they went back to focusing on Disney Channel and stuff after that because they sold Power Rangers back to Nickelodeon. And so we'll go back to Kids WB. Kids WB hit a point where they were when they were they instead of focusing on shows that were working they mm-hmm. were making these reboot these weird reboots of shows like they made a an action cartoon with the looney tunes they called lunatics unleashed they made a scooby doo reboot about them solving like like uh james bond style crimes because uh, I guess Shaggy's uncle got rich and they're trying to <laughs> stop this guy from taking his money or something. I don't know. They were making all these weird decisions, mm-hmm. which led to people not watching the show, which made which made a decline. And the same thing was going on with Fox Kids. There was a rise in anime, but no original content. So they would just dub animes. And, you know, animes go on forever, so you get the same anime going on, and there's not new a new show every year, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. It sounds like they were desperate for, like, content. It sounds like they couldn't figure out how to reach America's youth 
And they were like, well, Scooby-Doo did well for us in the past, for the past 20 years. Let's see if we can uh, bring it into the the new era, the new decade for kids. Let's freshen it up. Let's liven it up. Let's change this. Let's change that. They bring in different writers. They bring in, you know, animators and they start to put it all together. And then they do test markets and they show it to kids and they're like, oh, well, the kids seem to pay attention. So I guess it went well. And then they, you know, and then they would air it and it was like an instant failure. And they're like, oh, shit. OK, yeah, next. They, were, they were doing weird stuff with it, you know, like mm-hmm. they were doing they had censored Tom and Jerry where, you know, Tom and Jerry, it's Tom and Jerry, but they can't show anything. Yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense. I hated that. Uh, censoring Tom and Jerry and and Tom and Jerry, don't get me wrong. Tom Tom and Jerry is a very violent kind of a cartoon. In fact, that was the inspiration for the Simpsons itchy and scratchy. So, you know, you, you have that as the inspiration, but it's just the way to, to kind of bookend this and kind of cap off everything that we're saying here. Remington is that, um, Saturday morning had cartoons, had an amazing run, probably about 40, years of like spectacular programming for kids as far as like entertaining and then in the 90s it started to die and then by the 2000s to the mid 2000s it was basically completely gone you go on saturday mornings it's news well my, my whole point about this abc kids wb and fox kids thing comes together it all has to do with power rangers because the guy who uh, who owned Power Rangers in the 90s who created it saw them all dying, all three of them dying, and bought all three and for, merged them together as the CW4 kids. Mm-hmm. He rebought Power Rangers, rebought Fox Kids and Kids WB and merged them together as one thing. And really put the, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, there was- when people think that like and sometimes people think that they're doing the right thing or something that's going to work for them and it just does the exact opposite and that's Mm -hmm. that's the unfortunate truth of it saturday morning cartoons had a lot of things going for it and then it had a lot of things against it once the government stepped in once parents started to notice more uh about the programming the kids screaming in the toy aisle that they wanted this toy because they saw it in their favorite cartoon parents going oh god this is terrible i don't have the money for all this crap this is stupid. I'm going to contact my local representative. They would contact the local representative and then it just kind of uh, ballooned out of control. There were dominoes that were falling right and left uh, to eventually knock out Saturday morning cartoons, which is exactly what happened. You yeah. can't, you add in the, the onset of all this extra technology, the Internet becoming huge. I don't know about you. Um, I, I know that you have I believe you have a nephew and. I have a I have a nephew and a, a couple nieces and stuff, and I noticed with my great niece now, um, when she's uh, fussy or anything, uh, they hand her the phone, and she watches cartoons. Well, I hate that. The ability to just be able to instantly pacify a child with technology like that is part of why Saturday morning cartoons died. There, there's just yeah. nothing special about it anymore, sadly. And that's why. Um, so, uh, geez, this has been great. Uh, Remington, thank you so much for for all the information and for being on, man. Um, no is there anything 
anything you got coming out or down the pike that you want to talk about that, uh, that people uh, can look forward to? We have, I have a new book in November coming out called Homie and the Redneck. It's about a uh, redneck and a former gangster coming together to save their radio station. Uh, should be out on Amazon by, uh, by Thanksgiving. That actually sounds really fun, dude. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. Please keep me updated on that, and we'll post on our social medias when that becomes available so people can click on it and purchase it, okay? All right. Thank you. All right. And thank you. And thank you to the listeners. Uh, you can find us on all kinds of podcast platforms. We're on Spreaker. We're on uh, Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon. You name it. We're on there. Uh, YouTube. If you can't find us, reach out to us. We'll get on that platform for you that you can't find us on. Uh, otherwise, thank you again for being here and thank you for tuning in. And if we don't see you out and about anytime soon, perhaps we'll see you at the comic shop. This has been The Real Short Box. We'll see you at the comic shop. Thanks for listening. 